Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Good afternoon, everyone. Good morning, good evening, wherever you're listening from. In today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Crystal Haddad, who is also the owner and founder of the Butter Queen DXB. She is a person living with type 1 diabetes who says that she stands for faith over fear. She's a true believer in bravery, and she's passionate about increasing awareness and supporting whoever needs guidance in anything related to diabetes. This is what led her to the creation of her company, which is a um, healthy treat and dessert offering that gives people with diabetes and others the freedom and peace of mind to enjoy desserts without worrying about sugar spikes and having too many carbs and a lot of um, sugar in their desserts. And I can honestly say that I have ordered some of her cakes. I've served them at dinner parties. I've eaten them and they are really delicious. And, you know, sometimes people think that when they're going to go um, maybe low sugar or try things without sugar, that they're not going to taste good. It's not going to taste the same. You're going to feel deprived. But with her things, um, I don't think you're going to feel that way. And unfortunately, she only delivers in Dubai. But if you are in Dubai, um, listen throughout the show and we'll, we'll tell you how you can find, um, her, her amazing creations. And I also want to say that we're going to talk about some hard topics today. We will be talking about anorexia and eating disorders. So if you are triggered by these conversations or you might be having challenges with this right now, maybe this is an episode that you may wish to skip. And that is okay. And if you do feel challenged by eating disorders, please send us an email at info at diapointme.com. And so we can direct you to the right people that can support you. And now let's get on with the show. So, Crystal, thank you so much for joining us today on Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. We're really honored to have you here. I can't wait to learn more about you and your experience with diabetes and also all the exciting things that you do with food so that we can learn from you. Um, Why don't we start by, if you don't mind, just please tell us a little bit about yourself and and your story. Yeah, sure. Um, First, thank you for having me, Pam. It's, It's a pleasure for me as well. I'm so happy to uh, to be in touch with the diabetes community here as well. It means a lot to me. So uh, let me tell you a bit about me. My name is Christelle. Uh, I'm married. I have two kids, uh, a boy and a girl. And I've been living with type 1 diabetes since 13 November 2005. So it's almost 16 years now. And yeah, it was it was a bit of a struggle at the beginning, but but now from this thing, or um, and I don't like to call it weakness, but let's call it weakness. I came out of uh, the Butter Queen concept, which has made my weakness a strength, where I do stuff that are uh, low in carbs and sugar free for uh, people who are diabetic to enjoy it. Amazing. So yeah, I don't call it a weakness either. If anything, everyone that I've met that has diabetes, it makes them so much stronger mentally and, and physically. And it's more of a challenge and it makes you more resilient as well. It absolutely does. I totally agree. 
And did you have anyone else in your family or anyone that you, you knew near you that, that had diabetes when you were diagnosed? Uh, type 1 diabetes, no. Uh, however, we do have a lot of type 2 in the family. But it was kind of a shock for everyone, for myself, for everyone around me, because we didn't know what insulin is. We didn't know that I had to inject myself. And uh, back then, the, the lack of uh, awareness and the lack of uh, the, the doctors explaining to you the situation was really there. Like I did not find anyone who used to give me a support or, or explain to me what type 1 diabetes is. I never knew it's an autoimmune disease. I thought like I, I, I was first diagnosed by doing a ketoacidosis. So I've been admitted to the hospital. Let me take you back to the, to the story for you to, to, uh, to understand from where I'm coming. Like it, it, it all started when, okay, I was a teenager. And then during my teenager years, I used to suffer from anorexia. And I have suffered from anorexia for like around, three to five, five years, I would say. I was really uh, skinny, not eating, having bad relationship with food. Back then, we didn't know it was anorexia until one time I was um, diagnosed by a psychologist that I have anorexia. And she explained to me what anorexia is briefly. I was like around 18. So um, when she told me like, yeah, I need to gain weight and everything. So I decided to do it on my own without taking any... Uh, any sessions, which was something I shouldn't have done. But it was due to the fact that uh, my parents couldn't afford the therapy and I didn't want to put them in such a bad situation. So I, I thought like I will be the strong girl who can do it on her own. And I started eating and I gained weight and I, I gained the, the normal weight that I had to gain. But the thing is, even after I gained the weight, I still did not get my period back. So I was like 21 years old without a period. Uh, so we went to a gynecologist uh, to check what's wrong. And then without doing any blood test or anything, he prescribed for me the jasmine pills, with, which is the progesterone and, um, and estrogen. It's like the, um, the, you know, the, the pills that you take for, um, uh, for pregnancy. I mean, to uh, not, not like, to get pregnant, like birth control, but they birth are prescribed control, yeah, sometimes yeah, to regulate your hormones to regulate in your period. period. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and along with this, he gave me glucophage, and since then, I started like a week after this treatment, I started experiencing weird stuff in my body. Like I started like craving carbs like crazy, eating a lot, and vomiting losing weight unintentionally. So he asked me to lower the dose of the glucophage. Yet it's kept on going and going until three months after this treatment, I was admitted to the hospital with the ketoacidosis. Like we still till then did not know. I've been, I've been to two doctors and no one knew that I was on the diabetes thing, you know? So I, I've been admitted to the hospital with a blood sugar 650. And my HbA1c was 14.6. It was a very critical night because the doctor said, like, it's either I go into a coma or I can recover. So luckily, I did not go into a coma. However, there is a small, like, every time I, I talk about this, I, I get a bit emotional. <laughs> there is a small part where I... Um, 
where I, 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 I wasn't conscious. I was, I was literally unconscious. And I saw people wearing white who wants to take me and I don't want to go with them. It was like, it was very peaceful, nothing scary, but like it's, it's, it's kind of, I'm in between earth and heaven. Yet I woke up on earth. Mm-hmm. So the, the first thing when I opened my eyes, like I saw my mom next to me crying, I was in the intensive care and I was like, I'm alive. I felt like I was almost not going to make it. So I woke up and I said like, yeah, I'm alive. And what, what's wrong with me? I like, don't worry, don't worry. Everything is fine. And that's it. So the next day they came and, they, and said to me, oh, you have diabetes. Oh, really? To me, in my head, I have diabetes. A couple of days, I stopped eating sugar. It's going to regulate again by itself. And ta-da, I'm back to normal. It wasn't like the shock came when, oh, you have to inject insulin. Oh, no, you have to inject insulin for the rest of your life. Diabetes, you're not gonna, never going to be cured from it. So all of this was so overwhelming to me, yet no one explained to me it's an autoimmune disease. Uh, it's okay. You can live with it normally. It's about like a lifestyle that you can do some changes to it to help you as well. Nothing. So I was left on my own with five injections per day, uh, testing the blood sugar, eating anything because I didn't know what carbs is, what protein is, what, you know, all of these things. And yes, this is when the journey started. <laughs> wow. What a story. First of all, we're really glad that you're back here on earth to share your insight. And obviously I, whenever I hear stories like that, I always say like your work here is not finished. There must exactly you know, what there, there's, there's something else that, that you need to finish before you depart from, from earth. So I'm really glad that you're here. And that's exactly what, I kept in my mind every single time I was feeling down during, during this journey. Mm. I never removed this from my mind because it was really a, a starting point for me to be grateful and thankful and keep pushing for a better life. Amazing. And I, th- I think you proved, but even before having diabetes, you sound like you're a very resilient person because as a, as a child or, or a young adult, and you were aware that, you know, your parents couldn't really afford the therapy. So you treated yourself to manage your anorexia without support, which is incredibly difficult. That's true. And, and true. probably, you know, for, if anyone's listening and you're having uh, challenges with food or eating disorder, you know, definitely please go try to seek help. I'm not suggesting people should, should go this alone, but, but because of your situation, of you, you said, I'm going to take control of this and I'm going to do it. So I think you're quite a resilient person. And if someone is listening, I want them to know that I have done after that CBT, uh, like recently, like two years ago, I've done the CBT and I have, uh, I made sure that I do not have anorexia anymore. So I've gone into the therapy. It was late, but I've done it because on your own, you can never, in my opinion, you can never be able to get over such a thing because anorexia is, a, is not just a relationship with food. It's a psychological uh, disorder. So we really need help. We really need to do CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, in order for us to be able to 
challenge these thoughts, to challenge this disease and get over it. It takes a lot of time and practice. Up till now, I do practice that every single uh, time I have this uh, stupid thought that comes into my mind. It's not something that leaves you alone completely, but when you are aware and you have the tools, you can overcome it always. That's excellent advice. Thank you for, for sharing that because I think that's that's so important for people to to understand, to, to get help. And so when did you start becoming, I mean, obviously because of your relationship with food, you were very, let, let's say if that's the correct word, hyper aware of food, but when, because we had a similar kind of, you know, diagnosis story, not exactly the same. Fortunately, my son, while his, his blood sugar was about the same as yours, when you were admitted, I don't think he had had diabetes for as long. I don't even know what his A1C was to be honest when he was diagnosed, but very similar blood sugar, but yet it felt like nobody could really tell us what we needed to do. They just said, here's insulin. Here's a sliding scale, go home. Mm -hmm. We met with a nutritionist, but she herself didn't even understand it. The person bless her, um, that, you know, we were assigned to meet to talk about this. So nobody could really tell us what to do. And that's extremely frustrating when there's no expert advice to even get you started. So when was it that you realized the different reactions and behaviors in your body and your blood sugar between the the carbohydrates and the food that you were eating. How did you, how did you, I don't want to say figure that out, but it's, it, it wasn't explained to you from day one. So, so how, what what was your journey with that? Well, you know, it's funny enough that until only recently, a few years ago that I was really able to understand the, the link between all the food. At the beginning, it was like, I've been to a doctor. He said, like, if you reduce your carbs intake, you're going to reduce the insulin intake. Because uh, soon after I was diagnosed, I did a severe, severe water retention reaction towards the insulin. I gained around 15 kg within one week of water just because of the insulin that I was taking. And then no one figured it out until I met this doctor, like back then in Lebanon. Uh, and he told me, if you reduce, and like in, in my head, all I wanted is to reduce the water in my body. So, okay, I'm going to stop carbs and reduce the insulin. So this was in my head back then. I did not understand anything. So to me, it was like I started reducing carbs little, little. And in my head, this was like I can eat protein and vegetables that are not high in carbs and move on. So this is when I started losing the water and like I started reducing the insulin and I wasn't like anymore doing the fast acting insulin like um, any normal type one would do. It was more of, uh, I, I used to do Levemir, which is like uh, you can do twice a day and like it will be able to cover my, uh, my day because I do not have uh, carbs. I was low in carbs. So this this was the journey, and like it, in between this, my I got married, I had kids, so it was like my mind was a little bit off the diabetes and myself for a certain period of time until after I delivered my my second child, my daughter. So like until I started looking into back into myself. Uh, what's happening with the diabetes? Why, if I eat this type of food, however, it's just protein, it's uh, it's uh, it's higher in my blood sugar. So I started questioning 
And I started digging more and more into Google and reading and understanding that it's not only about carbs. It's not only about proteins. It's about First, it's about each person is different. Do not compare. And it's not about the carbs that you read on the nutrition facts. It's about certain stuff that are inside the ingredients that might trigger your own uh, body or your own, the reaction of how the pancreas will result to it or your insulin sensitivity. So it was so many things coming together that just two years ago that I started to understand really how all of this. And But up till now, I still have my days. Like I've been suffering now for three days with a high blood sugar. Why? I Now I started to figure out maybe because I changed my almond milk to another almond milk. And this almond milk has almond paste in it. And almond paste mm-hmm. might contain a type of sugar that might have triggered me. However, on the nutrition facts, it says it's 0.6 grams of sugar. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it so, doesn't take much to, to set things off. And even I saw a discussion once around milk, depending on the cow, if, if people, I don't personally like cow's milk, but if you're into cow's milk, depending on the no, cow no, no, that it comes from, that can affect blood sugars, the proteins in different things and some, you know, different sweeteners, just different things behave differently in, in the body and also in everyone's body because it's it's all very different. That's and there is one thing that also has helped me a lot to understand is the Diabetes Solution book from Dr. Bernstein. Hmm. I don't know if you've read it. but I haven't read it, but I know about it because it's quite controversial. A lot of people have strong feelings about it. Somebody gave it to me actually when Aaron was first diagnosed, like the first week. And I I never read it because one, you know, the first week of the diagnosis of your 20 month old with a chronic condition, you know, nothing about it's all overwhelming. And so I never got around to reading it. And, but even still to this day in different groups, like people still, still talk about it. And it's, you know, I'm not here to say one way is right or the other way is right. Um, but it, it's quite it's quite controversial. But I'll let uh, you share what what it's what it's about. Yeah, to to me, like it, first, it was very good that you did not read it at the first week because he has a type of an extreme approach to uh, to uh, to fixing the diet or not fixing, like solving or or living with it. The the the, the thing is for me, I I was at the stage like that. I am open to take my own decision without being affected by something that I'm reading. So it was the perfect time for me to read it. I just, I read it like, I um, I didn't finish it yet, but I started, uh, like, I'm almost done with it. But it was the, the time when I am open to think, okay, he wants to say whatever he wants to say, yet I am choosing whatever suits me. But it's nice to read it from a, from a point of view that it's nice to see all the researches he's done. It's nice to see what he has found that something has, can trigger diabetes that I'm not aware that it might trigger. Yeah, I think you know, that's, the, that's the really, this exactly. Yeah, not to interrupt you, but that's an excellent point that you make is about doing the reading and the research. And it's good to know what's out there and what other people have studied, because sometimes some things come up that might be mainstream or not so mainstream. And it's just, it's good to be aware of it. We don't have to take action on every single thing that we read and say, okay, this is the only way and we do it. And especially for people with chronic conditions, 
you need to be aware of what's out there, find what works for you. And if you have, hopefully now I'm happy to say, and probably Krista would agree over the last several years, we do have qualified doctors that now understand diabetes. Whereas before when we were diagnosed, they didn't really understand as much about it. That's Um, that if you have a trusted doctor, then take that book, that study and go back to your doctor before you make drastic changes and talk to them about it and say, Hey, I read this. Do you think it will help me? Or maybe the doctor can help you implement some of that in a safe way for you. If you're, you know, not, not really experienced with the condition or or whatever it is that you read. So we don't want to be giving people medical advice and say, go, you know, go out and do this. But but I do like that you you've read it and you you find different things in it and you've taken there's a lot of takeaways from that. And I think that's a yeah. really healthy approach to learning about a condition. And I was really curious to know what he has to say coming from someone who is type 1 diabetic himself. So he is type 1 diabetic. And um, I don't know if you know about him. He has been diagnosed like since uh, like I don't know, like he's 85 now. Oh, I didn't know he was type 1. Oh, he is type 1 and he wasn't, he he was never adopted. He struggled with all the complications of the diabetes until he was 40 or 50. Then he decided to go to medical school in order for him to be able to write this book and people Mm -hmm. to trust him. Wow. While writing. Like I, I discovered stuff in the book that really I was not aware. And it's used to explain my situation. For example, why you shouldn't wake up and eat directly. Like give yourself some time before eating. Like these little tricks, like maybe if someone would try it, maybe it will make a difference for him in his life. So that's why I like always to read and be open because you never know. We don't know. Mm. Some doctors, like even if, if, we, if we go to, to the same doctor, like he might give me, some, and we are both type 1 diabetic. He's going to give me something that's different than yours because my body is different than yours. My lifestyle mm-hmm. is different than yours. Yeah. So really, I, I, I like that. Now I want to read it. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> now do. I, I do. I want to read it because always what I would hear about the book is that oh it's only low carb and that's all it talks about. And it's no, one thing if, he, he if, if it's stuff. like a, a but this is that has carb. That that well that's good to know because what happens and one of the earlier things that our doctor said to us was you know your son's like 20 months old don't restrict food because a lot of parents think, okay, my child has diabetes. I have to put them on a diet and kind of, this is just my personal philosophy. I don't believe in diets. I believe in eating healthy. I I believe in, thank you. I believe in eating well. And I believe that, you know, we're all human. And of course, I don't want to re, you know, and and the advice given was good because I don't want to restrict my child to not eat like his peers. Well, when, when his peers are eating badly, that's an educational discussion, but I want him to learn how to make healthy decisions in those situations. Basically hundred percent where I'm, this is how I raise, this is how I raise my kids as well, who even don't have type one diabetes that that should go for everyone. And like the uh, indulging ourselves once in a while, that is a birthday party. He wants to have the McDonald's fine. Of course, have it and inject yourself. This is not a big deal for me when it comes to kids and, and raising them around type one diabetes is the mental health and the relationship with food comes first. Of course, their health comes first, but restricting them. And it's like, you are 
uh, you are by by choice choosing choosing to have them have a bad relationship with food when you put them on a diet this is a big no for me yeah, because i'm an adult too. i'm an adult i am aware i can take the decision without impacting my life i've lived yes. my childhood and it's my choice like when this child grows up and he's fully aware of everything and he takes the, his own decision that he wants to be on low carb let it be if it's yeah. not affecting him yeah that's what i'm hoping that as he gets older he'll appreciate all those seeds that were planted about healthy eating because and i always i've said it on the podcast before like diabetic or not nobody needs to be eating donuts every day right and he's like mom True. i know you're going to say that diabetic or not i'm like yes but you know and it's more just kind of like a, a cliche and we we eat really healthy even if he had diabetes or not it wouldn't matter we would still eat a very plant-based healthy diet and we you know don't keep a lot of really quote unquote bad foods in our house and things like that but as a child he has to learn his way around it and even for some adults that were never taught about nutrition if you're newly diagnosed with say type 2 diabetes then you need to maybe learn how to do this because nobody ever taught you how and that's okay too but in time and probably a faster time you'll figure out what works or or sure. doesn't work for you right i have found all the alternatives that i need to satisfy what i am lacking if i don't take the carb I can make my own bread at home that does not raise my blood sugar. The sweets that I I love, I am making them myself. So I'm I'm fine. I even found how to like I'm not a big fan of pasta and pizza and this stuff even before. But like I I have managed so it's not taking anything from my life. It's not taking anything from the the pleasure around food. It's there for me. So why not? and i have been doing every 3 months i do a full blood test to check if everything is correct i do not have deficiencies thank god so being low on carb has not impacted me in any bad way so why not if it's suiting suiting me you know what i mean yeah that's amazing so when you said bread you got my attention <laughs> what, <laughs> tell us about your bread i love bread and for even for myself uh, okay. like too much bread so what roughly what kind of bread are you are you making at home and before you begin actually i should say and i said it in the intro that crystal has a lovely instagram account butter queen dxb where she shares her recipes um you you can order food from her it's amazing and beautiful you posted I think yesterday or day before like this chocolate kinefe I the kinefe <laughs> it looked incredible but tell us about your your bread I think I have three or four recipes on the page about bread I do have almond almond flour bread and coconut flour bread and I have this bread that I am addicted to it's just made out of flax seed uh, and some zaatar and water mm. just you mix them together and Hello, you have bread. You can make them you can keep them more in the oven to to make them as crackers, but you can make them as like how do you do the omelet? It's like it becomes a wrap. Uh-huh. And that's it. It's a wrap. But it's made yes. out of black seed, chia seeds and uh, zaatar. And sometimes I do add some psyllium husk to it because the psyllium husk will not make it break. It will uh, bind them together. 
And it's a source of fiber that is zero carbs and zero sugar. And uh, yeah. Amazing. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Diapoint Shop or the D Shop. At the D Shop, we offer beautiful, practical diabetes supplies and also lifestyle accessories. And as of lately, we've added some amazing new vitamins, some essential oils, and some other things that, that everyone will love. You can give it to yourself or you can give it to somebody as a gift as well. They're, it's just so beautiful and exciting. I love the, the products that we sell. And also, I'm happy to say the people behind the products that we sell and who we partner with are just as equally as special. If you're looking for handmade, healthy, keto, sugar-free, and low-fat desserts, then you'll definitely want to check out our link for the Better Queen DXB. They have some of the best desserts that we've ever tasted, honestly, and guilt-free. Low-carb are very little no, next to no carbs, um, and they're diabetes-friendly. And when you purchase something from the Butter Queen DXB, you get a 10% discount on your order using the code DIAPOINT10. That will be in the show notes, but also it will be on our website in the D shop. So thank you so much for listening. Oh my goodness. That, that sounds incredible. I love bread. And okay. it's not the same taste as normal bread, but it, it gives me the satisfaction that I look for. Well, that's kind of what it is. It's, it's the satisfaction. I don't like white bread or, you know, those, those kinds of breads anyway, something that's like very satisfying with a lot of fiber or beautiful grains or, you know, different things. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the key is understanding what, what satisfies you. And I think sometimes, and I always say, cause I'm American and I can honestly say that I think a lot of the food and things that America has exported are not the healthiest things. I think we can agree <laughs> with that. And it's about the, the quantity rather than the quality. And I always say that I didn't really learn that. And I didn't really learn to eat until I was, I, I until I left the U S my husband's from Turkey and living in Turkey and eating all the amazing food. I ate my way through Turkey. Like I ate a lot, but I still lost weight because I was eating quality food and yeah. almond flour and za'atar and all these beautiful things that you use. They're quality ingredients. They're not, they're not of a bad quality. So if you use those, then I think they're not processed. They cannot be processed anyway. Yes. It's well, not like the is... flour. When you get normal flour, it's processed. Yes. The wheat, the gluten, it's processed. It's not like the almond flour, it's just uh, almonds that are being grinded into powder. Exactly. They cannot yeah. add anything to it. Yeah, with a lot of the flours now, it's not the same flour. And while people often think that they, not celiac, but a lot of people think that they have a gluten intolerance or something. And I often wonder if it's just because of the way flour is processed now. It was never that processed in the past. That's true. Um, I agree. It, it, which comes as well things. to the to the intolerance of for the, for the lactose as well because of the yes. cow and everything. Uh, yeah. I, it turned out from the test that I've done recently that I do have celiac. However, I cannot do a blood test that can confirm it because I'm on a low carb diet. When, once um, you you want to do the celiac yes. test, you have to be on a six week gluten. Yeah, you got to have it in your body so that they can test how your True. body's reacting to it, right? 
Yeah, but wow. through the stool test, it turned out that I do have celiac. Oh, That's okay. why even if I try uh, low-carb bread that has little bit of wheat, little bit, like my sugar goes very high. For sure. Yeah, it's it's a tricky. It's tricky. So what are your, you make many beautiful things. So what are some of your favorite recipes or foods that you enjoy cooking and eating? All of them. They're all my babies. But they're all your babies. Into, uh, are you more I'm of a more sweet tooth or savory? You're more into chocolate. No, sweet, sweet. Okay. Definitely sweet. That's, that's from where I, I keep on telling type one diabetics, people who follow me and have type one. I keep telling them you are sweet enough. That's mm-hmm. why you have type one. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I am definitely into a sweet tooth person. Very good. Over time, I found I got more into savory, but I still like a good chocolate thing. Yeah. And if it's something I, that's... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was saying like, I agree with you. Like a lot of things that I used to hate when I was younger in terms of savory stuff that I'm liking it now. So I think the mm. taste buds change with age. Do you eat a lot of meat or are you vegan? No, I'm not vegan. I'm pescatarian. Okay. I'm pescatarian not because uh, it's like I've tried. uh, I love chicken. However, I have discovered that lately I'm not being able to tolerate it the same way I used to. It was regardless if it's organic, without hormones, all these, you name it. It's still impacting my blood sugar, no matter Mm. what. It's giving me a late uh, high blood sugar response because soon after I eat it by two hours, my blood sugar is normal. Like the next morning, it is high. Mm. So I decided to to stop and experiment. It turned out I've been three months now or a little bit more. Just I eat seafood or fish uh, and I do eat eggs as well. And it's not uh, it's not triggering my blood sugar at all. Interesting. And if I, I do eat some cheeses as well, but I make sure that the cheese is not, it's uh, goat cheese, for example, I, I go away from cow. And if it is cow, it's pure cow without any additives. Mm. Or the origin of it is uh, really trustworthy, you know? Yeah, it, it helps if you know where. There is the brand I'm using. From. I don't know if you know about it. It's called Eat Lean. It's. Uh, Eat Lean. It's it's a it's a cheese cheddar cheese that's only made from cow's milk. That's it, cow's milk, comma salt. That's the ingredients. I will so, I will look for that. I'm not sure. Maybe if I see the the label, I would have heard of it. But that I think I you can find it as pennies. Okay, I'll have a look. That's exciting. Like my son is the same way. So I noticed with red meat, horrible insulin resistance. Like horrible and I I think other people experience similar there's a few people I've met and they say it doesn't affect them and that's great if that works for you and earlier I don't like red meat I never did and earlier on in his life he didn't like it and then one day he's just like mommy I want a steak I was like what (laughs) so wanting him to you know experiment and, and try food but and then just almost every time. Now we've learned how to bolus and how to give insulin for it, but sometimes it's still far from perfect. And interesting what you said about the chicken. So I'm a big fan of 
lifestyle medicine. And while I'm not vegan, I do eat mostly plant-based. Um, I do like fish as well in the, the book that has, uh, many, many studies, um, about why it's a good idea to eat plants or be vegan. Um, a lot of the research they found with chicken that they did, for example, with cardiac patients is that they didn't necessarily, one research study shows that it wasn't any better than red meat over time, which I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, true. We we grow up thinking that white meat is really better because it's white and it's not red, but Mm -mm. it may, it may not be. But again, like we said, everybody is different. So you have to really try and do what works best for you. What are your favorite plant protein sources? Do you, you get protein from plants or is it primarily from the seafood and the eggs? Uh, yes, it's primarily from the seafood and the eggs. Because even the, you know, the lentils and the chickpeas and the, these stuff, um, I really need to inject more insulin in order for me to have them because, you know, they're half carbs, half protein. Carbs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And they do irritate a little bit my gastro system with the bloating mm. and everything. So, yeah, I try to stick to the eggs and the seafood and fish. Very good. And if you go to the Butter Queen DXB and Instagram, and if you look there, the recipes are amazing because not only are they great and low carb, but it's the time because a lot of people, they want, they say, I don't have time. One, the one minute low carb pizza, like yeah, one, I know. one, one minute, everybody's got a minute. Exactly. That's, that's, it's, this is always when I do want to create a recipe. This is time is, is always in my mind. Like, because people, you're already asking them to make something that's low carb and get a lot of ingredients that maybe not available in their pantry, you know, mm-hmm. and yet I have, they have to stay one hour in the, in the kitchen. They're not going to make it. So I wanted to, to make it easier for them. And like, yeah, I was also surprised like if that it can turn out to have a pizza in one minute or a brownie in one minute, like everything I've tried it for one minute. Amazing. I know I need to make more of these. One of my favorites is the one minute cinnamon roll. It was so good. This one. That However, it has so. cheese. It has like Philadelphia cheese. But yeah. Like every once in a while, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to make a cinnamon roll without kind of that cream, cheesy, delicious sauce. But However, just, you can make it with coconut cream, but I'm not a fan of coconut at all. That's why it's uh, not working for me at, at all, unfortunately. Okay. All right. So all you coconut lovers out there, maybe if you put enough cinnamon on it, you won't notice the coconut taste. No, but it's, it's, it's so heavy, the coconut cream, that you cannot skip it. I do use coconut flour. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all because I don't feel the taste of the coconut. But the coconut milk and coconut cream, it's like so overpowering. Maybe Amazing. with age, with age, it's going to change my taste buds. Maybe, maybe, but you never yeah. know. But I think it's really nice that you, you know, share that option with us and put that out there. So, so we know, and other people have options. So that's really good. Your, you know, your Instagram feed is beautiful. And I really like that. It's, it's personal, but it's also very practical. I mean, despite, you know, you went through a lot to find the right way to eat for you, 
which I think is so difficult because like you say, no two people are alike and your reactions to insulin and carbs and different things is, is somewhat unique, or maybe a very small percentage of people are experiencing this. However, you were able to learn from that and even share that with other people, even if they don't adopt the same exact lifestyle choices that you have, but we should all really be eating better and more wholesome and healthy ingredients. So I love the way that you brought this to the world kind of all together in this nice, beautiful package. Thank you. So if, again, if people want to find you, they can go to the Butter Queen DXB um, and you do take orders as well, I see. Yeah, the link um, is in my bio to place the order if they yeah. want. Excellent, excellent. Wonderful. So thank you so much for joining us today. It has really been a very interesting and eye-opening discussion. And I think you've certainly given us so much to think about in terms of carbohydrates, managing diabetes, how we eat, and particularly in resiliency. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much, Pam, for having me. It was really a pleasure talking to you. And um, I hope we we get to help someone who's really in need. And um, yeah, we are there for them if they need any support or any help. Definitely. And we'll have all the, the links in the show notes um, for anything that we, we talked about today, or please reach out if you have any questions. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to the show. And I think as we discussed throughout our, our time with Crystal in this episode, what we learned is that there really is no one way. Everyone chooses their own way with the advice and support of their doctors and their medical team. But you have to find what's right for you. If you heard something in this podcast today that might be different from how you're managing your diabetes or your health, please go ask your doctor and your health team about that just to confirm that that is a safe way for you to manage it. And if you'd like to find out more about Crystal's wonderful food, please visit the diapointshop.com and there you can find the link to order some of her amazing treats. We will also have the link in the show notes as well. And the Butter Queen DXB, you can also find her on Instagram. We'll have the link for that in the show notes as well. But if you just search for Butter Queen DXB, you can find her. And also when you check out, if you use the code DIAPOINT10, that is D-I-A-P-O-I-N-T, the number followed by the number 10, 10, you will get a 10% discount on your order. And it's absolutely delicious, and I think you will enjoy it. And again, the other thing that I would like to um, remind everyone of that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you are feeling challenged or burnt out with your diabetes right now, if you feel like you are having an eating disorder or some challenges with eating, please drop us an email or a DM on any of our social media accounts, and we will be happy to help you find the right person to speak with to support you properly in this you are not alone and you don't have to do this alone thank you so much for listening